0: This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. The brothers and sisters, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, "Walaqad kudzhiba turasul min qablika fasabaru ala ma kudzibu wa'udhu hatta ataahum nasruna wala mubaddila likalimati Allahi wa laqad ja'a akam min Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, "And certainly prophets and messengers came before you." and those prophets and messengers were called liars, they were denied. But they were patient over the name calling, they were patient over the denial. And they were harmed, persecuted, hurt, until our help came to them. And no one can alter the promise of Allah, and there has certainly come to you some of the tidings of the prophets and messengers before. When we talk about the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and I'm going to get to the actual meat of the khutbah, if you will, or the, the most fascinating elements of this khutbah. I'm going to get to it shortly, but when we talk about the Prophets of Allah and we talk about the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, we look at the Prophets and messengers that came before the Prophet and they were amongst the best of mankind. And they were a source of inspiration and patience to our Prophet ﷺ throughout his entire prophethood. And so you find hadith after hadith, narration after narration. Rahim Musa. May Allah have mercy on my brother Moses. Peace and blessings be upon him. bi akthar min He was harmed with something greater than this and he was patient. The Prophet ﷺ when he would talk about his brother Yusuf ﷺ. So many different hadith where he talked about prophets and messengers that came before and how their example inspired the Prophet وسلم, through some of his difficult moments. And there's this narration from Ibn Mas'ud عنه, where he speaks about the Prophet وسلم, reflecting on a prophet of old. So he says, كَأَنِي أَنظُرُ ضَرَبَهُ قَوْمُهُ وَهُوَ يَمْسَحُ عَنْ وَجْهِهِ وَيَقُولُ رَبِّ فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Ibn Mas'ud was speaking to a later generation. And he said, it's as if I'm looking at the Prophet of God, speaking about a Prophet that came before him. And he said that there was a Prophet that came before as he was wiping the blood from his face that was caused by what? By his people trying to kill him. As he was wiping the blood from his face, he said, Oh Allah, Oh my Lord, forgive my people, they don't know any better. Now Ibn Hajar, rahimahullah, and other scholars, they commented on this. So it's a very interesting hadith because when the Prophet sallam, used to speak about the Prophets of old, he would praise them. So he named them. May Allah have mercy on my father, Abraham, Ibrahim, salam, my brother, Musa. Salam. But here he said, a Prophet that came before. And... Some of the scholars said he was talking about Nuh Salaam, Noah, peace and blessings be upon him, because we know in the Quran that Nuh Salaam, endured hundreds of years of increasing persecution and mockery. Some of the scholars said he's talking about Isa Salaam, Jesus, peace and blessings be upon him, because there are other narrations to the effect praising the forbearance of Isa. And some of the scholars say he's actually talking about himself, which is why he said a prophet of the prophets. Why? Because it was indeed in the battle of Uhud that Sahal ibn Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, wajhu, that when the Prophet's face was split, his teeth were literally knocked out, his helmet drilled into his face, his uncle and some of his closest companions massacred and mutilated. The Prophet with his back into a ditch and many of the companions fearing that he is going to die at that moment, the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah li fa la ya'lmon. What he brought himself to say was what? Oh Allah, forgive my people, they just don't know any better. Oh Allah, forgive my people, they don't know any better. He wasn't talking about his ashab, his companions. He was talking about the people on the other side that were literally trying to kill him and had succeeded at killing many of his companions sallallahu Bil'alameen, and we have not sent you, except as a mercy to the worlds, And that's why the scholars say, when you look at the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, in battle, the Prophet was at every part of the battlefield. He was in the front, he was on the right, he was on the left, he was in the middle. The narration of Ali and also from Umar عنه, that one, it became extremely hot and difficult in the battlefield. People could hide behind the Prophet because of his courage as he was in the midst of battle. He was in every portion of the battle. And you see narration after narration about his courage, like in the battle of Hunayn, when it's just a few people left, he was always there. Didn't flee the battlefield But with all of that, he only slayed one person with his hand. One person in the course of battle, was killed by him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He would knock down people's swords, he would, he would fight, but he wouldn't kill with his hand in the battlefield. The prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, the worst of people on the day of judgment, a person, qatala who nabi, who killed a prophet or was killed by his prophet. Prophets are sent to guide people to one God. They're all sent with that same message. And in that is a mercy. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is distinguished by his mercy. How horrible of a human being do you have to be to kill a prophet of God or to be killed by a prophet who was sent as a mercy to you and to guide you? And it's only one man, and his name was Ubay ibn Khalaf. Ubay would fantasize about murdering the Prophet. ﷺ. In Mecca, before the Hijrah, before the migration, you know what he'd tell the Prophet? ﷺ? He'd tell him, I have a special horse and a special sword for the day that I kill you. I swear by Allah, I'm going to kill you. Save the horse for you, save the sword for you. I mean, this is when the persecution is ongoing in Mecca in the early days. That one day, the time is going to come where you're going to be killed and it's going to be my hand, my horse, my sword. And there he was on the day of Uhud, coming at the Prophet, charging towards him when he was wounded. And the Prophet picked up a spear and he threw it towards him and it hit the side of his neck and he died. And that's when the Prophet Sallallahu made that remark. What a horrible, what a horrible fate. What a horrible fate. To be killed by the mercy to the worlds. So all of this is an introduction to a very interesting narration I came across. It's an authentic narration. And I wanna put you in the mindset of this narration. Ali ibn Abi Talib radiAllahu ta'ala anhu says, الله 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 He said, when I held the weapons or the, the shield, the armor, the sword of the Prophet and he is Ali ibn Abi Talib radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, who else right, would pick him up and hold them? He said, I noticed an inscription on the sword of the Prophet sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. It's an authentic hadith. Now, before I even say what the inscription on the sword of the Prophet is, what do you think an inscription on a sword would look like? What do people listen to when they're in the gym? Something to get them into the mood of exercising. What are you going to have on your weapons for battle and war? Something to do with war, right? Maybe an ayah uh, about qital, you know, about fighting and, and, you know, something about courage, something about bravery. Like, what do you think is going to be inscribed on the sword of a man? in battle and this hadith blows my mind Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu he says that i looked at the sword of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam what was inscribed on his sword ufu amman zalamak wasil man qata'ak wa ahsin ila man asa'a ilayk wa qul al-haqqa wa ala nafsik this is what's inscribed on the sword of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam forgive those who have wronged you ufu amman zalamak Forgive those who have wronged you. This is what the prophet is looking like when he hold, looking at when he holds his sword. Forgive those who have wronged you. Reconcile with those who have cut you off. Show excellence to those who have shown you evil, and speak the truth even if it is against yourself. Would anybody, anybody, guess that that would be what was inscribed on a sword of a man in battle? Forgive those who have wronged you. Reconcile with those who have cut you off, show excellence to those who have shown you evil, and speak the truth even if it's against yourself. This is what was inscribed on the sword of the Prophet That in and of itself, subhanAllah, could give us enough to ponder upon for a very long time. We're talking about the blessing of this light that was brought to a world of darkness. To be the last brick of a home built of the bricks of prophets, All calling towards the worship of one God and submission to that one God the creator of the heavens and the earth a mercy to the worlds and here he is and this is what's written on his sword we're talking about the most challenging aspects of faith you know when you talk about the most challenging aspects of the Sunnah because the Prophet brought us a message and that message has consequences and it has something for us to follow it's consequential, the truth is consequential. It means that you have to adapt your lifestyle, you have to abide by certain commandments. And yes, there's the fiqh, the jurisprudence, there's the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the core of the message of monotheism, of tawheed. There is the sunan of the Prophet the traditions of the Messenger those that are observable and those that are not, all of these things. But where your faith really comes into play, where whether or not you are really absorbing the message of this man والسلام, comes into play, is how you're gonna act with these things. That's what's inscribed on his sword. Imagine what was embedded in his heart وسلم, and what should be embedded in ours. Some of the scholars when they talk about this hadith, they talk about the generality of it or some of the, the, you know, the, the, message, the, the very obvious messages that could come out of that. The Prophet saying, man jahada nafsahu fillah authentic hadith in a tirmidhi that a mujahid, the one who truly strives, is the one who strives against himself for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And there's of course a weak hadith that is attributed to the Prophet Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but it is authentically attributed to Ibrahim ibn Abi Alakama, rahimahullah taala, from al hafid ibn Rajab, that on the way back from a military expedition, he says, min al-jihad al فَمَا فَعَلْتُمْ فِي الْجِهَادِ الْأَكْبَرِ You've come back from the lesser struggle. What have you done with the greater struggle? And they said, what is that? He said, it's the jihad al-qalb, or nafs To strive against yourself. That you battle your ego. Because ego is what got Iblis out of paradise. It's what got the devil to fall out of paradise. Ego is what prohibits people from accepting the truth. Ego is what causes people to ruin their relationship with God and with people. Ego is always a barrier. It's the hijab, the veil between a person and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Imam shafii rahimahullah ta'ala said. That's what the Prophet وسلم, is looking like, at. And that's why, subhanAllah, you see... When we talk about how we relate to the Prophet in pain and in patience, you know, there are disasters and tragedies that struck the Prophet that none of us will ever have to endure and none of us could imagine. Burying six of your seven children, right? Family members being mutilated and you having to clean up those bodies. Persecution, betrayal, all of those things, right? These are things that are so distant such hard difficulties that he faced وسلم, and indeed the prophets and the messengers were tested. And they were tested with the most severe of tests. But this test of character, ultimately, in <laughs> The Prophet وسلم, said, I was sent to perfect your character. This test of character is a severe test. And you want to know who's closest to the Prophet وسلم, on the Day of Judgment? You want to know who the Prophet وسلم, will be next to? those that are closest to him in character, those that have the best akhlaq, the best characteristics, the best traits. When you look at how the Prophet applied these words in his life, I don't know how he sat in front of Hind after she cut the chest of Hamza and chewed his liver and spit it out. How How does he not hold a grudge against them? How does he not exact vengeance against these people in Mecca when he comes back, how does he show them so much grace? Not only does he forgive them, he leaves them in their positions of leadership as a means of uniting the community. How does he do that? Sallallahu How does he not lose sleep over the things that they have said and done? How does he manage to keep that? And that's where the scholars mention that it's because he had a greater goal. His goal was not vengeance. His goal was not domination. His goal was not power. His goal was not winning in the sense of a victory in battle. His goal was not some sort of tribal revenge, my tribe against yours. His goal was not a banner being raised. His goal was the pleasure of Allah. Hence there is this connection between wanting the pleasure of Allah and being able to lower the lowest part of the self to where it belongs. There is a connection between wanting the pleasure of Allah so bad that your character is refined accordingly. When you talk about al khuluq, good character, you cannot disconnect that idea of wanting the pleasure of Allah so much for, so much more. We talk about the Prophet sacrificing sleep. Why? He loved his Lord, standing up at night in prayer. He loved Allah. It was his pleasure to stand up at night in prayer. So it had that immediate implication with his worship. But that immediate implication with character. He loved Allah. He wanted the pleasure of his Lord. And so everything that was lowly was not befitting to a person who's in pursuit of Allah's pleasure. And that has an implication with your character. And the Prophet was sent not just to teach us to worship one God, but to pursue the pleasure of that Lord to where it transforms our relationship with Him and our relationship with everything and anything around us. And so dear brothers and sisters, when we talk about the Prophet ﷺ, saying these things, and I want you to remember them, inscribed on the sword of the Prophet ﷺ, forgive those who have wronged you, reconcile with those who have cut you off, أَحْسِنْ إِلَىٰ مَنْ أَسَاءَ إِلَيْكَ Show excellence to those who have shown evil to you. Speak the truth even if it's going to mean that you're speaking against yourself. The Prophet freed his heart from all of those things that would get in the way of filling it with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why the saying from a shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala he said, لَمَّا عَفَوْتُ وَلَمْ أَحْقِدْ عَلَىٰ When I learned to forgive, العفو. What do you ask Allah for? العفو. اللهم إِنَّكَ عَفُو الْعَفْو That forgiveness imparted. When I was able to let go of the grudges in my heart. Once I learned to forgive, once I learned to let go of grudges, I relieved my soul of the burden of enmity. My soul felt relief. I felt relief from the burden of enmity. Because holding a grudge can end up hurting you as much as the person who inspired it, if not more. And subhanAllah, a lot of times people say, wait a minute, does that mean letting go? Does that mean the injustice is accepted? And I want you to remember this, that letting go of it doesn't mean accepting the injustice that was done to you, but refusing to let it inhibit your growth and happiness. That's what letting go means. The Prophet did not accept this as a reality for the world around him, alayhi salatu was But the Prophet وسلم, also did not allow it to penetrate his heart to where he could not grow and grow, be guided and guide, be rectified and rectify. You've got to have that pursuit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so when we talk about following the Messenger, وسلم, this is how we follow the Messenger وسلم, in creed and in character. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that love him, that love the prophets and messengers, that love the one who sent them, and whose hearts are filled with that love, and whose characters are refined in accordance with the pursuit of that love. Allahumma ameen. الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم اغفر المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب دعوات اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعفو عنا ولا تعذبنا ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإلا متغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو وفعفو عنا اللهم اغفر لوالدنا رب رحمهما كما ربونا ربنا سيغارة ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم أصلح أحوال إخواننا المنكوبين في كل مكان اللهم أهلك الظالمين بالظالمين وأخرجنا وإخواننا من بينهم سالمين عباد الله أن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والباغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكره على نعماء يزد لكم ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأخيم الصلاة